welcome to Leo Roundtable at leoroundtable.com. My name is Chip DeBlock, and I'm your host. We're a group of law enforcement professionals that talk about law enforcement issues, but we do it from a law enforcement perspective. And let me go and introduce the crew to you guys, if you don't mind waving for the video portion of our show, and I believe it's all retired this evening. We have attorney and former federal prosecutor Ward Mythaler, and also Chief John Newman, Captain Brett Bartlett, Corporal David D. Gresta, Officer Andrew Casal, and we have producer Will Statzer. So thanks, guys. Also, a shout out to our sponsors. We have Gauls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.live, Tactote.com, and we are powered by Bang Energy. I've got uh, Fox 61 investigators. Um, look, they're, they're, they're looking at this Torrington officer-involved shooting. So I've got six minutes here. The uh, the state's office of inspector general, they're investigating an officer involved shooting with a Torrington police officer that happened earlier in the week. So a 53 year old man called uh, Litchfield County dispatch. And he did this on Wednesday afternoon and he threatened to kill himself. So Torrington police officer, David Kissel uh, and officer Jeffrey Boozy, uh, they're called to the home. So the officers arrived just minutes after this call is made. They find the man in the basement of the home. <laughs> now, now this is, it, 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 it's, I find uh, some humor in this. So just bear with me for a second. So the, the guy's in the basement. He's an old guy. He's an old, old crabby guy. So Buzzy's body camera video um, shows this guy laying down, and you can hear profanities coming out of uh, the guy's mouth toward the officers using the F word. And then the guy starts to advance on the officers. He's got a knife in his hand, and the officers don't want to take action against this old guy. So they start backing out of the – it looked like the basement going backwards up the stairs, and uh, they're – they repeatedly tell this guy to drop the knife, but of course he does not. So then the officers, um, they're, you know, backing away from this guy through the house, trying to get away. And of course, here he comes around the corner with a knife in his hand. So then Buzzy ends up discharging his weapon three times. He hits the guy. And then the other guy, Kaisel, the other cop, discharges the taser. And the man um, survives. He's in stable condition. He went to Hartford Hospital. So that's the way that it ended. Uh, but just the vocabulary the guy had in this engine just had me, just cracked me up. Uh, Warden David, uh, whoever wants to go first, guys, we got four and a half minutes. Chip, uh, I was interested in your comment that this is an old man, so I did a little more research. This guy's this guy's fifty three years old, which I'm sure is younger than you are. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, younger than well, everybody except Andrea. Anyway, well, Will too. Forgot him. He's fifteen or something. Um, you know the the <laughs> John. exactly. We were just saying he probably doesn't shave yet, but he claims he does. Um, you know, this is, again, one of those instances where I don't have any problem with, with backing up to a point. Uh, at the top of the stairs, that would have been it. Because once, it, once the officer continued to back up through the house, the backdrop for his bullets going downrange went from being the basement to a group of people sitting around a dining room table. So... He, when he fired on this guy, finally, as he had no other choice at that point, um, his backdrop was down the hallway and there were people sitting at a dining room table. Um, that is, That has now reached the point of, of course, being unsafe and irresponsible in your duty to protect. So, And then, of course, right after he fired, I believe he fell down, the guy that fired the pistol. He finally tripped in the, in the, uh, the doorway, outside the doorway and fell. Um, and the guy kept cussing too. Did you notice that after he was shot, he kept oh, yeah. up with the with the MF, and it was unbelievable. Um, so that that's that's the problem with this with this uh, this incident is is not the shooting. They they did the right thing there, but it was when and and how long they waited. 
and what they exposed to their to their bullets going downrange. The, the your backdrop is is half of it, guys. You can't do that. And they exposed other people to that danger by backing up too much. Excellent commentary. Go ahead, go ahead, Chief. Look, there are many horror movies out there that support the officer's decision to retreat. Amityville Horror, <laughs> Evil Lives Under the Stairs, Silence of the Lambs. That's a creepy basement with some creepy dude yelling <laughs> creepy stuff. I'd be on the stairs as well. I mean, didn't you see any of those movies? Didn't you see that? Didn't you see... Just send me down some liver and baba beans. No, Dave. Oh. Up the stairs is better where people live. I'm yeah. totally cool with what he did. Wow. Up the, up the stairs, but only to the top of the stairs. Wow. You know, yeah, you and would Then it becomes a walk amongst the tombstones, and that, has, uh, that ends well. Put the lotion in the basket. Nope. Upstairs, I'm going to shoot the guy in the front yard. That's where I want him to be. So there's no creepy mannequins, no furnaces that make creaky noise, no one coming out. <laughs> nope, I'm going to be upstairs. Nope, sorry. Guy was 100% right. Just wow. don't trip. Just don't trip. It's the whole trip. The tripping made it bad. The tripping is what made it bad. And Dave, thank you very much for clarifying that I'm younger than all of you guys. I love you all. Sorry. Thank you, Will. I'm glad that you're younger than me. But at the same time, thank you, Dave, for clarifying. Now, I'm getting feedback. So I don't know if someone doesn't have headphones on, but I am getting feedback um, over someone's uh, speaker. So uh, go ahead, uh, Captain Bartley. Did you have something you want to add? Yeah, the only thing missing from this was a guy wearing a hockey mask and his name being Jason. And he's coming, he's got the he's got the thing on his knee and he and he's he's got the big knife. Here's the problem. He's down in that basement, doesn't know who's behind him, doesn't know who else is there. The guy's coming in with knife. So he's fortunate that when he was backing out that he didn't fall, that he didn't drop his gun, that he didn't get injured. Now the funniest part is when he finally got up the stairs and backed out. He passed a whole table full of, I don't know, other occupants, and they were just like going, hey, what's happening? You know, just just like, I, I think one of them didn't even put his tea down. He just, just backed right by him. I would have shot that guy right when he came at me with a knife. All right. I, you know, and I don't doubt that. All right, guys, time for another commercial break. We will be right back. If you spend any time inside an armored vehicle, you know how cluttered that world can be, and the same is true of cruisers. Well, there's a new product line made by Tactote that takes advantage of all that steel. Tactote's products allow you to store a variety of gear at an arm's reach using magnetic technology. Now, you can have extra mags, med kits, less lethal breaching tools. These can all have portable magnetic staging solutions, just to name a few. So guys, if you're looking to get your patrol cars or armored vehicles organized and also to be able to deploy faster, check out tac-tote.com. Welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. And 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 Captain and, and Chief, I don't know if you guys want to add anything about Tacto, but I know you guys have personally uh, got some involvement, at least with some of the products. So, Yeah, I, you know, I have a very limited use for me in the school district, but I really, I, I got with our transportation director. So our school district, seventh largest in the country. You know, we put 1,500 buses on the road every day. We transport almost 110,000 kids. Their ESE, their exceptional ed buses, they really like the totes. So there's a lot more uses for it than just traditional law enforcement. So I, I hope the uh, transportation director and the guy from Tacto get together because, you know, our folks here at the district really like 
the flexibility and you know how well that different tote worked in their buses. Sweet, sweet, Captain. I think that uh, I, I well, I gave one to my son, but he he drives an undercover car, and there's no place in the trunk. It's all covered by the felt, so he's passing on to one of his guys that has a uh, you know regular Mark Cruiser. And he's going to let him do it because, you know, in the trunk, there's it's more metal than it is that felt backing. So we'll see how that works out. I'm sure it'll be useful. All right. Thanks, guys. Well, there's uh, nobody else. Let's go on to our next one here then. And uh, let's see. Policetribune.com. Texas Appeals Court upholds ex-cop Amber Geiger's conviction for the Botham Gene murder. So uh, it's a nine-member Texas Criminal Court of Appeals that refused on March 30th to hear uh, former Dallas Police Officer Amber Geiger's petition that had the justices review a lower court's ruling that upheld her 2019 conviction for the murder of 27-year-old Botham Jean. And this is according to the Dallas Morning News. And I, I can't believe it's been that long since the conviction, uh, 2019. So attorneys for Geiger, they filed an appeal in August of 2020, seeking to have her murder conviction reduced in her 10-year prison sentence reconsidered um so that is the latest with that case um ward did you have a comment i do um and this supports what i always complain about uh, the court said defendant's own testimony that she intended to kill jean when she shot him uh, supported her murder conviction last week we had this clown cop talking yelling i'm going to effing kill you you don't say things like that this woman bought herself an extra eight years in jail for for saying that she intended to kill him why she was permitted to testify to that i will never know but but these are the sort of sorts of things that uh, you just don't say uh when you're involved in an armed confrontation ward i don't did she say that in trial or did she say that to the investigator because i was wondering the same thing why would her counsel allow her to say that she apparently said it at trial and i have no idea i mean i i would not have put her on the stand if you were going to say something like that and uh, you know i would have had a real heart to heart with her about what she was going to say before she did testify yeah. well and for people um you know listen to our show on radio you know this is the female police officer she had uh been working um off duty i think she was tired she went to the wrong apartment it's the same apartment number but i guess on the wrong floor in her apartment building and she thought that there was an intruder but it was the guy you know in his apartment he you know belonged there and uh you know she shot what she thought was an intruder in her apartment but she was actually the intruder in his apartment that's the way that went down so that's what we're talking about ward i actually had sympathy for her when this case came out because i've done the same thing myself and um uh... Um, but I'm a little bit stunned. I'm, I'm a little bit stunned by your testimony. If she were impaired, it's a whole different issue. But I Ward, none of us enjoy privilege, Ward. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! All right, moving moving along. I got to move on from that now. Wow, thanks, thanks, Chief John. Uh, let's see. Uh, moving along. Uh, I'm gonna. I know what I'm gonna get, go here. Let's see. We've got a. Uh, a main topic, it's um, lexapol.com. Officers get qualified immunity, but not under the Fourth Amendment. Um, you know, interesting, you know, we've got a Sergio Ochoa. Uh, he's got, I don't want to read the whole story about what would happen, but our, we got a bad guy that ends up having two knives in one hand, and he's refusing to obey the officer's repeated commands to drop the knife. Um, it should say knives, plural, because he had two, but it says the knife. And so it also notes in the article that he looked angry and ready to fight. So one officer fires a beanbag round at our bad guy. And about the same time, 
Why this happened, David, I don't know, but another officer decides to release the canine. So our bad guy takes a large step sideways, and then officers um, light him up. About 30, uh, 30 rounds actually get fired at him. So our bad guy falls to the ground on his stomach, and he has at least one of his hands tucked near his waistline. He doesn't respond to commands to pull his hands out. So we've got um, some officers going inside to clear the home. We've got the canine handler uh, directing the dog to drag him so that his hands are finally visible to the officers. So our bad guy dies at the scene. And so the post-mortem toxicology report, he says he has meth in his system. The two knives are recovered at the home's backyard. So the children and the mother of our bad guy, they sue in state court. They claim that the officers violated the 14th Amendment. So the officers and the cities involved, uh, and we have uh, officers from Mesa Police Department and Gilbert Police, um, they removed the, the case to federal court. And so the notations in the article said that the case illustrates that not all lawsuits filed under, I guess it's the, uh, the U.S. Uh, code for the violation of the Fourth Amendment, um, it says that not all warrants filed under 42 U.S.C. allege a violation of the Fourth Amendment, I guess I should say. And for cases alleging excessive force and violation of the Fourth Amendment, the legal question is whether the officer's actions are, quote, objectively reasonable in light of the facts and circumstances confronting them without regard for, you know, intent, motivation, that kind of stuff. It talks about the standard being Graham versus Connor and Plumhoff, Rickard and all that. Um, it says the court held the officers acted to, quote, satisfy legitimate law enforcement objectives, unquote. Uh, Ward, you want to uh, clean that up for us? Well, this is a strange case. I, I've never, it's, it's almost like a federal wrongful death case. I'm not so sure the, the theory is all that great. I didn't research it. Uh, while in time, he's done this before. He's made a huge mistake in the title. Uh, the, the court did not find qualified immunity here. It straight out ruled that there was no 14th Amendment violation. It did not need to get into the issue of clearly established law. Uh, just a couple of side notes. Uh, the estate could have brought a Fourth Amendment claim, but for some reason they didn't. There was an issue as to the number of shots, but the court uh, uh, sided with the, uh, with the cops. There was also an issue as to whether the cops created the emergency, which I've argued before is a 14th Amendment issue and not a Fourth Amendment issue, but they also uh, agreed with the cops here too. Uh, there was a second charge of wrongful death under state law and the court sent it back to the state. All right, perfect. Thank you, Ward. Another commercial break. We will be right back. All right, so look, how best to watch our show? Now, we do our live show every Monday evening, 7 o'clock Eastern time, and we're on StreamYard, so we're able to stream the show uh, to our YouTube, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And so we're, we have that presence. And we also produce five segments, and Producer Will does this uh, Tuesday through Saturday on YouTube, and he embeds videos that we talk about there. We're also on uh, the free press which is uh, tampafp.com with Brian Burns. So um, we uh, we appreciate having all those outlets. And I'm going to be telling you shortly about all of our radio outlets because we are naturally syndicating the radio. I'm going to be listing some of those uh, radio stations, those terrestrial stations that we're on with as well. So stay tuned for that. All right, welcome back to the Leo Roundtable Show. Uh, guys, are there any more, um, any more comments in reference to that last one? And if not, We'll uh, pop on to our next one here. Uh, we are on lawofficer.com. We have a constable charged after voicing support for the Freedom Convoy. So we're in uh, Ottawa. Uh, so uniform constable of the uh, Durham Regional Police Service posted a video voicing support for the Freedom Convoy 
and uh, he's been charged for doing that. Constable uh, Aaron Howard, I believe it's a female, post the video in January prior to the convoy's arrival in Ottawa, and this is from the post-millennial. So here's a quote saying, I wanted to give a shout out to all the truckers. I think what you guys are doing is incredible. You're fighting for our rights and freedoms, and right now it feels like we're a little bit at war, and those rights and freedoms are at stake. And, and yeah, it is a female. That's what she said. So Durham Regional Police, they told CTV News that their code of conduct does not allow for the use of police property or influence unless it's for official purposes. And the views expressed uh, do not reflect the views and opinions of DRPS, they said. And they launched an investigation in January, according to the Post Millennial. And as a result, Howard now faces two counts of discreditable conduct, two counts of insubordination, two counts of breach of confidence under the Police Services Act. And she is scheduled to make her first appearance in court on May the 5th. So, wow, that's the way they went down, Chief. What do you think? So, please, folks, like when you get all excited when you re- you know listen to the media or watch the media, Canada is not like us, Right. We've talked about police officers who get on social media, who pop off the mouth and say something. We're like, man, don't do that. You're going to get a rip. You're going to get a policy violation. You're going to get a regulation violation. No, no. North of the border, it's criminal offense. Completely different game. From It is completely different up there. So folks who like want to compare to what we're dealing with down here and they see something in Ottawa and say, well, that doesn't make sense. Ah, different country. Yeah, she's looking at six criminal charges for this and she, and whatever she's going to get from on the job. But yeah, it, it's not the same just because it's Canada. Their their constitute or their rights are completely different than ours. I think we all saw that the whole world saw that with the whole trucker around the, you know, the different um, you know city centers. In, you know, it was brutal, but she's looking at criminal charges, not some sort of department uh, violation. Wow. And, you know, I I look with everything going on and when they were covering the convoy, um, you know, people comp- do a lot of comparisons uh, between Canada and the U.S. So I can see how that how that happens. But, John, you're 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 so right. People forget that there's a distinct difference between our two countries or there, there's a, a lot that we do not have in common. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Um, Brett, I was reading that. I don't see anything where it actually says it's a criminal charge. Um, two counts of discreditable conduct, two counts of insubordination, two counts of breach of peace under the Police Services Act. I, I don't know if that's a crime or not. It very well could be, but I didn't. I didn't see that specifically in there. But uh, back to the original point: don't don't open your mouth while you're on city time. And I don't have the article in front of me anymore. Um, I I thought that that at least some of those charges were criminal. But uh, Chief, no, I got one word: America. One word: America. America. <laughs> all right. Thanks, guys. Thank you to our panel for uh, making this all possible. Also, our sponsors, Gauls, Guardian Alliance Technologies, GunLearn.com, MyMedicare.life, TAC-Tote.com, and Bang Energy for powering us. And uh, also, look, everybody that supported the show this evening, thank you guys very much. Hope everybody has a wonderful and a safe week. <laughs>